Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. what it is. I'm just in a great mood. I'm here with uh, my dear friend, Dan Acton. I'm Michelle Collins. It's Midnight Snack. Dan and I in opposing t-shirts. I love that for us. Ready for battle. <laughs> exactly. A very like groovy, like low energy. Giving a little yin, giving a little yang. We're making it work. Um, hi, everyone. Okay. I went to The Hague. Oh, did you get in trouble? <laughs> Yeah, I did. No, doesn't the name scare you? Like, it does sound like a big jail. I was like, The Hague. I told a friend of mine who lives here in Amsterdam, I said, oh, I I went to The Hague. He goes, no, call it Den Haag. That's what they call it here. I was like, "Mm, that makes more sense. (laughs) Den Haag, but then it sounds like a little piggy. Like, Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a barbecue place. (laughs) Like, exactly. (laughs) Like a really dark one. What do you listen, you old den hog? That's like me, like in the basement of my parents' home. Uh, anyway, I went to the Hague. It was so beautiful, and the weather was nice, and I just feel great. So I'm in a good mood. Danny, how are you? I'm great. 
I'm also like very relaxed and very chill. It's like, yeah. Now, Dan, since we've last spoken, you've gotten one thing that I don't have, which is the monkeypox vaccine. Oh, yeah, I got it. It actually still uh, hurts. I've had it for like a couple of weeks. Really? Yeah, there's still actually I can still feel a little lump here. Yeah. I want to ask you something, though, because I was reading about it. You know, now all the alarms are going off about it. And I saw pictures of people yeah. who have it. And I'm not going to lie, like, like straight up, I don't want it. Yeah, it's not good. like just straight away. I really don't. I really don't want it. Really? <laughs> I was I think I'm more afraid about it in a way. Well, early COVID, I was very afraid of like dying. But I saw a guy who had like things on his face. And I was like, mm, I saw that. too. I don't yeah. want that. I don't want this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather not. No. Do you have to go back in four weeks for your second? shot? No. So when I got it, it was in Canada and they had, the government had only approved the first shot. And I'm trying to like, ah. it's sort of like the COVID vaccine where you try to look up things like, okay, where's some specific facts about it? And it's really hard to figure out. I just want it. I just, I'm like, I don't want to get it either. Why can't I get it? <laughs> <laughs> like all I do, like my my whole social circle in Den Haag is gay men. Like, I feel like I'm like just as at risk wow. well, as right. everyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm half kidding, but I'm serious in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, all you have to do is uh, be around people for a while, uh-huh. I guess. And uh, it's that's it. What do I have to share with you? Now, you know, Dan, every now and again, you and I will unpack an Internet question oftentimes sent to us and most of the time not sent to us. And there's a, as we know, well, we have a couple things to unpack. One is, you know, I love all wedding related drama. And there was that wedding drama recently about um, the people who hired Mickey and Minnie Mouse to show up, but they had like no food or beverage. It was just like they had two rats. And oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, it. Right, right, right. And they're like, am I the asshole? It's like, yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, a big yeah. one, not just a regular size, a huge <laughs> one. So there's a new one that I haven't read. And I'm on the fence about because I think you and I actually really differ when it comes to this. Like, we both love The Muppets as an example. I love The Muppets. I think The Muppets is some of the finest comedy writing maybe ever. I feel the similar way about Looney Tunes. But I'm not a big fan of puppets. Like, I like a Muppet because they're sort of fuzzy and cute. Yeah. Puppets. Yeah. I don't like puppet shows. (laughs) Pinocchio. Marionettes. Not a fan. So this question of season tickets. But you love I well listen, let's not I'm not real yeah. I, we already talked about you going to that cartoon festival. Like you love oh, yeah. weird spooky stuff like that. Yeah. I've gone to neighborhood like puppet theaters in Park Slope. Wait, have you have you actually? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I like really hate that about you. They really have like marionettes all around. It's very dark. I hate there is something about puppet culture that to me immediately <laughs> brings to mind the different strokes episode when Arnold was lured into the home of that child molester. And it's a really I don't know what it is, but there was an episode where they sat down and watched some porn cartoon about like rats also and like something with Boston cream pie. Do you remember that? There's I think it was supposed to be Fritz the Cat baby or something. No, like, no, no, but it was porny. Something nasty. No, it was like well, a yeah. porny cartoon. And there's something about puppet culture. Yeah. People, the puppet community is gonna come for me. Listen, Julie Taymor. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking <sighs> about other puppets and just puppeteering in general. It doesn't surprise me that there was a puppet fest in a dark room, but let me read this. Can I tell can I tell you very briefly like this horrible story? This happened so long ago. I really hate this but so much. Long ago, long ago, long ago, when I first moved to New York City, I got invited to a uh, party that got kind of randy at this person's house in Brooklyn. And it was, it was a very like, you know, touchy feely party. Uh, I finally left 
<laughs> like early in the morning. And I'm walking with my friend to get brunch and I see the host of the party in front of the ice cream shop. And his job on Sundays is to work this huge uh, yellow bird puppet. And I was like ignoring him because I was embarrassed that I'd been there. Like, sorry, I, I was ashamed. And, and especially in front of my friend. Yeah. And then he just like kept yelling at me with the puppet as I walked down the street. <laughs> like, hey, hey, remember me? Oh, now you don't remember me. It was like. Had you like jerked him off or why was he so insistent that you. No, I did not. Okay. I think he, he, uh, he was, I don't know. He, he wanted to hang out some more, I think. And oh. I was uh, mean and I didn't. I would have contact, only talked to the bird. The if it was me, I would only have addressed the bird. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm um, a naturalist when it comes to puppeteering. I, I will only address the bird. It's like Jim Henson rules. You know how like Kermit is Kermit. Tell your friend. I'm on the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell your friend uh, there's no chemistry here. I'm just not. You're like looking at a huge bird. I'm not interested. Okay. Please. That's so funny. Okay. Well. This question is, am I the asshole for making our guests participate in our puppet-themed wedding? Now, I'm going to stop right there and say 100%. Unless your name is Tony and Tina, if I'm going to a wedding, I don't want to participate in it. Like, unless I'm a bridesmaid, you know what I mean? But I imagine most people at heart are introverted. And even I, as what I like to call an introvert extrovert, meaning I like my alone time as well, um, I would not like things where you're put on display – when you're not the center of attention for me, yes. hate. Right. Like either right, right, right. give me the mic or just let me sit. I don't want to be like in the background. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. My fiance, 26 female, and I, 27-year-old male, met in college. We were in our school's performing arts program and met in a puppetry class. Now I'm going to stop again and say a memory has been unlocked which is that I took a puppet class at Barnard. I actually just forgot that. Really? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's right. <laughs> I took a puppet. I actually, it was one credit, I remember, because it was like, not a real class. But I took a puppeteering class, and we had to make this huge puppet, and we moved it in the Halloween parade in the West Village. Like Burning Man or something? Like you were moving like Yeah, 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 the like the caterpillar things. Yes, oh I was God. part of it. <laughs> I actually can't believe it. I forgot. I literally <laughs> forgot. I think I was so, you know what? It was at the, the height of the Lion King, Julie Taymor, like fame. Oh, like this okay. was in like All early right. 2000s. Right. So I think I was just like, that's so fucking cool. Like I want to do that. <laughs> now I'm like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. Okay. In the class, we designed our own puppets. Mine mm-hmm. named Hat Boy and my fiance's Daisy by the way, he says she's better with names. I'd argue Hat Boy is a much better name than Daisy. I'm sorry. Like, I, Daisy, actually, I thought, what a fucking lame person. Hat Boy, I'm interested in meeting. <laughs> We're what we initially used to talk to each other and flirt in class. Okay, I actually believe this is fake. I actually feel like I'm getting duped and I'm mad. Like, I... there. How is that even real, Dan? <laughs> I think, uh, no, I think that happens a lot. If you find somebody that you're attracted to in a uh, puppet class, like hang on for dear life. Yeah. Cause this is it. It's like, keep like, pulling yeah. those strings is going to happen. We fell in yeah. love and no in, attached, in a way, yeah. exactly. Yep. And strings attached. That's the name of it. And in a way we've considered hat boy and Daisy in love as well. I actually want to gouge my eyes out. I'm so mad. I'm reading this. I, I actually feel violated like 
in a very, like, almost like the very essence of my being is being violated reading this. I can't explain it. <laughs> Years after graduating, we still use Hat Boy and Daisy at home. This is like um, furry level. Uh, this on. is what it is. I, I'm going to yeah. fast forward because I'm annoyed. All right. They actually perform their pu- at their puppet shows. It says, while planning our wedding, we realized we wanted Hatboy and Daisy to be part of the ceremony. They've been part of us since the beginning. It just felt right. We invited our troop of puppeteers. <laughs> well, okay, now it's getting interesting from the theater because all right, all they right. should participate if they're fucking puppeteers. Yeah. And got the idea that we should have our wedding completely officiated by puppets. Honestly, at this <laughs> point. <laughs> now I'm into it. <laughs> now is it a puppet rabbi because then i would be and it's like very anti-semitic i'm like now why is that a vulture and a little yarmulke that i don't appreciate <laughs> i'm like fuming in the back i'm like now hold on a minute <laughs> no i actually hate this i this to me these people actually should and i'm sorry like i don't mean to you know prevent anyone's creative freedom and i guess live do what you want but i these kind of people to me, I really hate. I, I just, they're as bad as like Westboro Baptist Church to me. I, I see me and like, no, you're so out of touch with reality at this point, you know? Anyway, it goes on. Uh, here's where we aren't sure if we're assholes or not. We're insisting that all of our guests also participate and use puppets. In lieu of gifts, we've asked everyone to purchase high quality puppets. I mean, I can't read this anymore. My lips what? are now felt. <laughs> To use during our wedding. We took the guesswork out of it, directed them to several vendors. Everyone could realistically expect, are you ready to fucking drop dead? Each person, $150 to $500, depending on what. Okay, (laughs) now I will say this. If I were, I'm already laughing. If this were me and they say, you have to spend $500 on a puppet, I'd be like, okay. I would get a literal stick figure puppet and put it in like a Chanel hat and like a Prada bag. You're like, this is your gift. It's a gift to you. It's my puppet, you know? Um, It says we've also, this is kind of funny though. Okay. Well, let's just say a lot of people aren't happy. Both of our parents, (laughs) my wife's sister, and can you imagine asking your parents to do this shit? My parents want to come. They're concerned about how they're going to eat and drink. How they're going to dance. Well, we don't ex- Wait, they have to keep their hand up the puppet the whole They time? have one hand on the puppet. That's what it said. We're suggesting can be mounted. I mean, this is just like, at this point, if I'm in the family, I'm, call, I'm calling a 5150 hold on these people. I'm like, this is not, not only shouldn't they get married. Like, I don't think they should like be a part of human society. Like, I don't think they should be yeah, out exactly. and about. We- <laughs> it says we've made sure our hors d'oeuvres are finger foods. Uh, please. <laughs> Reddit, are we the... That's actually gross. It's horrible. Are we the assholes? And I imagine, uh, obviously... Yeah, you know what? I'm... Listener, I'm really sorry that I read this to you. I have now violated all of you. Much like I was violated by it. I'm now a mouthpiece. Pun sort of intended for these horrible... I'm their puppet. I, I was puppeteered by them to read that out loud. And I feel dumb and silly, and I'm sorry. Dan, any thoughts? I, I'm sorry, Did I read say it. they were the asshole? Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean, they're like, everybody has to hide underneath the tables and put the puppets up, because then at least it would look cute for the... Then it's one thing. Now, listen, if every puppet yeah. there... Because you know I do fuck with some Elmo. Like, I do love Elmo. I'm also, like, a stunted <laughs> child, so I like Sesame Street things. I like I like Muppets. But puppets yeah. is where, like, you know, one of my dreams when I was growing up was to be, this is actually true, um, a ventriloquist. Did you know this? 
My dream when I was little no. was to be um, open up a pet shop, but at nighttime be a ventriloquist. That is such a good idea. It is, right? You have to, su- you have to support yourself. So. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I used to have a joke when I first started doing stand-up that I wanted to write a book called Ventriloquism for Dummies. And it's shocking that I've not taken my act on the road. <laughs> anyway, okay, let me... That is a good joke, though, I will say. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Riddle me this, Dan. This is from our old friend Philip Galanis at the New York Times. This is another sort of am I the asshole related thing, but it's... Mu- it's creepier in a way that I can latch on to. The puppet thing just did, did, did not agree with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone wrote, several years ago, Dan Acton, while my boyfriend was out of the country, it's already complicated, his then wife withdrew half their oh. savings from the bank and moved to another state in secret. So I guess that's before they met, obviously. They divorced, then we met. Right. Last year, his ex-wife decided to move back to our small city and bought a condo across the street from my boyfriend's house. She changed her no. mind and sold it. Now, last month, this is, this is, is she and part of the puppet fucking wedding? Are people out of their minds? <laughs> last month, she bought another house on the street a bit further away. She also initiates contact. He and I had decided that I was going to move in with him this fall, but should we choose another neighborhood? I mean, are people literally this stupid? I, I just am like, why am I being trolled by every question <laughs> by idiots on this show today? Yeah. The answer should just say Yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are people like just fucking cr- uh, Dan, what is it with people these days? Are, you know, I want to ask. Yeah. I grew up with a good basis of etiquette, of an understanding of human social interactions. Are our cell right. phones ruining us? Are is the internet is the next generation okay. not going to know how to act? I'm actually asking that. Okay, so if you had an ex that lived in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. And you found the condo of your dreams that you had been looking for. For months and months and months, and everything was perfect, uh, and it's a deal. Would not would not live there under Absolutely. no circumstances, because the emotional right. unless you're friends, which obviously happens, but if you're not in a yeah. good space with that person, the emotional turmoil of leaving the house. You know what I mean? Like who would I, right, I wouldn't right, even right, want to leave. Right, and right. then think about it. Every time you leave the house, you have to look fucking hot. Like you're not going to yoga with no makeup on. Yeah. You're going done the fuck up. Wait, actually, maybe that would be a good thing to do then. I think it would help me get over that person quicker and I would have to look great every time I left. So like it would actually be uh, in my favor to do that. Well, right here is where I've just realized um, it's it's a little chapter of this episode we're calling the difference between men and women, because for you to look good would take you what fifteen minutes. Yeah. For me to look, do you understand uh, how long it takes? Honestly, this is one of my uh, things when I go on dates, where I'm like, this is you know sometimes I do split the check. By the way, it's been very interesting dating here in Amsterdam because the term going Dutch yeah. exists for a fucking reason. Dutch, yeah. uh, not always, I'd say majority no, but sometimes yes. And I'm like, okay. Luckily, it's very cheap here, so it's fine. Right. But I'm like, I have spent an hour and a half to two hours putting makeup on, mm. putting my good bra on, wearing a dress that I will then have to dry clean. Like doing all of this shit. What are you doing? Right, right. You're avoiding bird puppets in 
Clinton Hill? Um, I mean, I'm asking. Like, what is it that you're doing? I mean, no offense. If my hair's not good, I'll run like the uh, shower nozzle over it so I can like run a comb through. Um, I might put on some moisturizer. Listener, I, I can't. No, I. 25 to 50 push ups. <laughs> No, that's different. Now we're actually getting somewhere. Yeah, maybe the actually. Yeah. Do you have to do squats no, before that. you go up? <laughs> no, when you put it that way, you do bring up a different point, which is that, no, I'm not exercising before I leave the house. But nevertheless, no, but also just, you know what? It's bad juju, honestly. And it depends on where you live, of course. But if you live in right. like a big town or a big city, whatever, I, I would not fucking do it, honestly. No, it. no. Because you know what? It's they claimed the stake first. They got there first. They won. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Can we do one more question quick? Yeah. It's called eyes on your own glasses. You may tell me to mind my own business, but my intentions are pure. My sister's fiance is a handsome guy, but his glasses are too small. The arms don't reach. (laughs) (laughs) Now this is something now, now we're getting to my kind of, my kind of question. The arms don't reach the back of his ears. This is an unflattering look. I thought it was like going to be like the round part was going to be too small. It's the freaking arms are too short. This is an unflattering look. Should I say something to my sister? Uh, Philip says, many of us would you? No. You know what? I mean, no. This is people are out of their fucking heads, honestly. You know, normally we like to go along with Dan, but we have such a phenomenally fun, fabulous guest this week in Carlos King that honestly, I think between like puppetry and I don't know, puppetry and like small glasses, Thomas J can't see without his glasses. I don't think we need to dig in anymore. I think we've given the listener everything they need out of us this week. We, it's, I'm also so hungry, honestly. You know, I keep thinking like, oh... I'm like, oh, I'm eating less. And the truth is that is I'm literally lying. I'm actually eating just as much, if not more. So I don't know what's going on. What are you going to get? I have like, I just stockpile sandwiches in my fridge. And anytime oh. the mood strikes, I whip one out and then deep throat it. <laughs> so Dan, that's been our time. Uh, <laughs> you can follow Dan at Dan underscore Acton. Um, of course, follow me if you don't at Mishkal. Also, I'm telling people, I realize I never tell people to do this, that if you like the podcast, like, you know, tell people, post about us. Yeah. It helps us. I like when I see you guys posting, I share it myself. So tag us, tag me in it on Instagram. Bye, Dan. Love you. I love you. Here's Carlos. I'm ready to make this our most memorable episode yet. My energy is this is going to be an interview for the ages because My guest today, even from the brief two seconds that we've had before we started, I feel younger, thinner, happier. I'm glowing. Uh, My skin cleared. Like everything about me has shifted. And I'm looking at you now and you're so lovely. He has a podcast called Reality with the King. I love that so much. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, go subscribe. Also, you can watch The Nightcap with Carlos King, Saturdays on own, right, Carlos? 10 p.m. Saturdays? Yes. I love that you have the late night show on, on the Oprah Network. I mean, I think we should start Carlos King. Follow Carlos on Instagram at the Carlos King and on Twitter. First of all, talk to me. You look so blessed and happy and glowing. What's the secret? <laughs> what is it about you? Why are you so happy? <laughs> you know what's so funny, Michelle? I get that a lot. And, and, and what's so interesting is I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be sad? But no, <laughs> I, I honestly, I've always been this way. I am a happy-go-lucky person. 
I am a glass half full type of individual. I am, listen, Michelle, we get to do something that's super fun. Agree. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Like, we're, yeah. like it, it's fun. So if you're a part of this industry, to me, it's so fun to be a part of this community. And honey, we're blessed. And I am going to always have these pearly whites showing wherever I go because I'm the happiest and luckiest guy in the world. You know, it's so funny you say that because I... I don't know what happened. I went on vacation and I actually wasn't that relaxed on vacation because I was in vacation mode the entire time. So you're like, all right, we got to travel. Is my back packed? Uh, is there traffic? Like, you know, you're always like, oh, and then only after coming back the past week, I've been so relaxed. Like, I can't explain it. Like, I've just been so calm, chill, which is not usually my like energy that I put out there. But I was thinking about it with what we do with just podcasting. Obviously, you have your late night show, which I have a million questions about, but even like serious and everything else. And we are the luckiest people on the planet. I mean, it, it goes without saying, because really what we do is sort of dumb, but also you have to be smart to do it. <laughs> no, it is a little dumb. Like we were just, no, you know, I'm because it's true. <laughs> yes. Like, it's kind of dumb. It's, you know, I always say, like, whenever I get my Crunchwrap Supremes, I always go, now, these are the people who should be making half a million dollars a year. Not, you know, or a million or whatever. Like, yes. Give it to the teachers. Yes. I'm not kidding. Uh, have you gone on vacation before we get into, let's, maybe that's the glow. Where have uh, you been? So, I already know this. You're going to be so mad at me, uh -oh. Michelle. I have not been on a vacation in three years. I know where this is headed. I know where it's going. And I will say before you tell us that I'm right to be guilted and shamed for traveling. And I know that, but I also am like the world is ending and I just want to go to Greece is how I felt. <laughs> but have you, you're in yeah, LA, right? Yes. <laughs> me and Elon. I just want to be the less pasty fat one on a boat. So me and Elon are going to hang and that's how it works. And I would be your gay black lifeguard. So we're, we're, oh, we're all in good hands. You would make the best team, by the way. But are you going to go anywhere? Are you waiting till everything passes? Because my fear is it's like never going oh. to. Let's be clear. It has nothing. Listen, uh, it has nothing to do with like travel ban or like, oh, honey, I've been everywhere in the United States. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but to go on you. vacation, things have been, listen, podcast, late night show, running a production company. So I need to be able to be off the grid for like a week with no interruption. And you know this being in the business, you can be like on vacation in air quotes, but your phone is still ringing. You have something to do. Michelle, when I go on vacation, I don't want no one calling me. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do this year is have a week vacation. You're going to laugh at this. During like the Christmas and New Year break because all of Hollywood is not working. That's right. So That's correct. That's, by the way, I do that every single year. I have a built into my contract two weeks off Christmas to New Year's, like those two weeks. And that's perfect. It's the best. Um, wait, I was going to say something and I'm forgetting about traveling about, oh, the phone. I was going to say you go full Unabomber. Like you don't want anybody <laughs> contacting you, which I respect. And it's true. Like even opening Instagram, it's really like a fine line because you want to post and brag and be like, I'm fucking hot on this beach right now. Kiss my ass is the energy I put out. But then at the same time, you're like, but I'm, that's work actually posting shit. 
No, it's work. And you have to like, listen, I love when people say like, oh, I don't read the comments. Look, I'm not saying I read every single <laughs> one, but girl, I skim through. That's also work. And you never want anyone to kill your vibe. It's like, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Yes. So you're right for sure. Um, So you've been in America for three years. God bless you for that. I I could not wait to get the hell out of America. Are you feel, you're in LA? I'm assuming you have LA energy, like in a good way. Yes, like in a good way. Like he went to Erewhon. No. What? Michelle, what is that? What does it mean? I dissect that. I'm going to say, energy, girl. Answer me this, Carlos King. How much cashew cheese is in your fridge right now? Be real. <laughs> Half a pound. I know it's there. I could tell you're very fit. It's you've got that LA fitness like. <laughs> unbotheredness about you i listen i'm gonna gag you this is so la i'm vegan i'm gonna drop that i'm the best yeah no this this is this is this i'm gonna gag you one more time i work out at equinox in west hollywood yeah of course you do you're not gagging me i'm i'm breathing better than ever i feel the airflow is consistent. Of course. What is the vibe like at the, you know that I've never worked out. What if I just ended right there? Ooh, girl. But in an Equinox, it's, especially, I've never been. It seems too much. Okay. It's very LA. It's very stuffy. It's, 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 it's very um, schmoozy. Mm -hmm. Celebrities work out there. Jeff Lewis. Oh, we love. You know, part of the Sirius family. Um, Frederick from Million Dollar Listing, Los Angeles. Oh. You, I one time saw Tyler Perry, you know. So. Talk to me about seeing, if I saw Tyler Perry at Equinox, I would be babbling. You know, when people get like Vatican fever and they just walk out babbling, I would be like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Like, I think he was yeah. there. Is he fit? Is he like working out? I like that. Oh, honey, he works out. Wow. He's on the treadmill. He and I happen to know each other. But you know, you know what it is, Michelle. You never want to bother people when they're having dinner. Or when they're working out because they're sort of like, you know, in their zone. So I, this is so funny. I sometimes pretend I don't see him because I don't want to bother him. <laughs> or, or I don't want him to feel like you have to speak to me. But he I definitely got it. works out. It's so, the idea of, by the way, I could watch 30 minutes of hidden camera footage of you pretending not to see Tyler Perry. Like, there's something so funny about that. Just anywhere, you know, you want to play it cool, but if you look at him, I would, by the way, my dream is to meet him, and I believe that if I met him, he would want to be best friends with me. Like, I just know it. So, um, oh, he, now, he has best friend energy. Beyond. And I yeah. feel like him and I, out having martinis in West Hollywood, would be a scene that obviously you're you're with us as well, obviously, in this Oh, honey, fantasy. I'm behind the camera with these headphones <laughs> and a sure microphone. Yeah. Is that the show we pitched <laughs> to own? Be Tyler Perry's best friend. It's like the Paris Hilton show. Remember that? Reality yes. show? <laughs> I would win. There's a they cancel the show because I won. Um <laughs> you're killing it though. First of all, you have a late night talk show on the Oprah Winfrey Network, which Will you walk me through finding out, like pitching that and finding out that that even happened? Because I can't picture or imagine a better situation. No, same here. I have a show on the Oprah Winfrey Network called Love and Marriage Huntsville. It's a franchise. We now have DC. So I've been with the own family for a couple of years now. And long story short, <clears throat> I had the pleasure of hosting a reunion of Love and Marriage Huntsville because the host who we wanted to do it had a scheduling conflict. So I stepped in and the network said, wow, you're really good at this. And hmm, 
what if we do a late night show with you? And I was like, wait, are you serious? Because I'm thinking to myself, you guys have no idea that as a 12-year-old gay boy in Detroit, Michigan, I always thought I have a talk show. Like, of course. So they yeah. said, no, we, we want to do it. And then it hit me too, Michelle, like, wait, I'm the first openly gay Black man to host a late night show, which was also just a big deal for me. And the network could not have been more supportive. They said, make this all about you. And we'll talk more because I have questions for you too, girl. So you know what it's like being on a talk show where the only thing you want, Michelle, is to be yourself 100% of the time because the audience is super smart and they can like dissect if you're not being yourself. And you don't want to be miserable on camera. Who who the fuck wants that? So all credit goes to Oprah Winfrey Network executives because they said, yeah, we can make the set this, we can make the format that, but... It has to be you, and it's been a great success for the network. Well, I'm I'm curious as to your questions for me, only because dissecting what you just <laughs> said, I have been on both sides of that fence where I've been the person, like the funny girl hired, where then I was not allowed to be myself, where it was like almost don't be funny was the note, which I'm like, well, then why don't you wheel in Hannibal fucking Lecter? Like, why am I here? You know, <laughs> like why? I mean, there's, you know, I, I am dwarfing every single person on this set. Like, it doesn't look normal. So at least let me be funny. Like, it's the one thing I, I bring. Um, but I've had the other side, too, where they allow you to be yourself. And it is the most liberating feeling to know oh. that you're not going to get notes for just expressing your opinions and being authentic is like unheard of, actually. Yeah, no, it's 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 beautiful. And I don't take for granted that privilege of of having a network stand behind you because I know oftentimes that's not the case. And most recently, Nick Cannon talked about his daytime talk show cancellation. And he said that he knew he was doomed when they said to him, Well, in daytime, you have to be this person. You have to act like this and dress like this and and do, you know, cooking segments. And he said he wasn't allowed to be himself. And to him, it was no surprise that he got canceled after one season. So, yeah. Um, Well, he was also I mean, he just had his eighth kid. I'm sure you saw that. Nick's busy. Very busy. So freaking busy. This guy (laughs) is the. Remember John and Kate plus eight? And do you remember the feeling watching that show and thinking, I wouldn't want that life? I think it's one of the reasons I don't want children is because I'm not being funny. It's because of that show. I'm like, ugh. But also, and also just kids in general, the idea, not just them, but in general. (laughs) But when they broke up, I have to say that was a shock. When you agree to have 500 fucking kids with someone, then you're not going to stay married to them. I don't get that. It's crazy. And the other thing, too, and listen, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm only telling what I've heard in the streets. Go on. But I've also heard that if you get divorced and you have more than four children, it's going to be hard for you to find somebody who wants to inherit four plus kids. And they're both single, right? I believe so. He had a... Yeah. He, I think, got remarried at some point or had a a girlfriend. He was living in New York. But I feel like the rule should be in divorce, much like it is with United Airlines, like you cannot have three kids more than 70 pounds when you travel. And that's it. And when you you date someone, three kids, max them out at 70 pounds, that's it. More than that, you can't even create or carve out a life with somebody because their life is their children. You know, 
I don't know. I would love to be a stepmom. <laughs> genius. No, You're so come right. on, please. It's true. That's my rule. That's it. I all the United rules. There's all my dating rules. <laughs> In general, <laughs> trying to think of what the other ones are. Just like priority boarding. I don't even know what I'm saying. When you travel, do you always travel business? You have big business class energy. I see it. Um, I already know. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> now, Michelle, you're going to co-sign this. I know. The moment you experience first class, it's over. You never want to go back to the hood. <laughs> it's over. It's over. And I'll say this. I'll one up you, which is that they have this bullshit thing, like the premium economy, which is just like it's like when you get um free range eggs at Whole Foods, but you know the chickens still want to die. It's like they got a little more room, but you're still an animal on the freaking farm. Right. It's not the same. It's not the same. There is something there is. You know, what's true, though. Because I always upgrade. Like, I don't ever buy it straight away, like, three grand. No, no, no. I always do, like, the upgrade with the miles and a couple hundred, whatever it is. Yes. I do carry myself differently if I'm in business. I do. I am kind oh. of an asshole. I know. No, honey. It's it's a... <laughs> uh, it's a mood. It's sort of like going behind the Vera rope at the hottest club in New York yes. City. You know what I mean? Yes. So the moment... Listen, this is the best part. And I, I, wa- I want to see if you're like this, because I'm going to be honest. Okay. When you're pre-boarding and the moment <laughs> they say pre-boarding first class in business, you literally oh. walk away like, boo, bitch, it, it's me. <laughs> and you walk differently. And there's nothing more gratifying than walking past me for like, <laughs> yes. I've been summoned. Yes. I have a better one for you. Sometimes I like to go to the end of the group two line and go, is this group one? Just for them to say, no. I go, oh, sorry. Excuse me. I like to make them admit that they're not in the first group. <laughs> I don't really do that. But I do ask. I always go to the end because I'm not one who lines up early. That I don't That I don't support. Like the people who are like front in line with their little fucking bag. I'm like, oh, never. chill never. the you fuck out. Walk. You got to do yes. the walk. You have to strut. Mm-hmm. I do the strut from Hudson News. I got Vanity Fair. I got some Dasani. <gasps> I'm coming in hot with my Dasani. And then I come in the worst water, obviously. Um, and then I come in hot and I go right on that plane. It is, it really, we're, no one is relating to us, but I feel like we are closer than ever, you and me. <laughs> but everyone is I love like, you. <laughs> um, really, I feel like I've known you forever. And it's, I can't tell you what a relief <laughs> and a blessing that is because, you know, it's nice when you have, we've never met. And so it's always a gamble. Sometimes you have these guests on. You're like, hope we click. But this is like old I friends. Know. It's no, we've known each other forever, honey. It's the spirit of comedy, I'm sure. That's an absolute fact. I want to hear about Detroit. I've been to Detroit. You may be surprised to hear. In high school. Ooh. Um, what? In, in high school for a debate tournament. I swear to God, my senior year, I want to say, was in Detroit, Michigan. And I actually found it to be a very... I'm charming, maybe not the word, but I always loved cities. So I grew up in Miami and like going to Detroit, it was like, oh, this is like a real city. What was your upbringing like? Industrial. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, what was that? So listen, for me, so I was born in 1979, right? Okay. So in the 80s, Detroit, listen, I was a kid, so you you don't know anything differently when you're growing up in, in your hometown. So it didn't hit me until I was a teenager and I had this desire to want to get in the entertainment industry because I was a, a, a an obsessed viewer of television. I would watch everything, Michelle, from The Cosby Show to Roseanne to Oprah, you know? So I knew that being in Detroit wasn't going to afford me my dreams, but I love the city so much because it's what you said earlier, 
is very industrial. And I saw these Detroit go through this phase where you had abandoned buildings and, you know, the automotive industry wasn't the same as it was when I was a kid. But I'm happy to report that for the past like five years, it has definitely got its groove back. There's a renaissance. There's a, there's a, a new feeling there. And the blessing for me is I want to be able to provide opportunities for people in Detroit. Because again, growing up, there was no like entertainment shows out there. So I want to give like the 12 year old kid who are like, I want to, I want to be in the industry. I want to like provide reality shows and other shows out there so that they can like intern or just know there's a presence there. But as of right now, Detroit is, is booming. It doesn't surprise me at all. And I'll say why. Obviously Michigan has its fair share of problems, but I'm seeing what's happening in New York. And I don't know the last time you were in New York, I'm assuming fairly recently, but it has changed a lot and it's gotten unbearably expensive. I mean, I think even for people who make good money, it's unaffordable. So I'm waiting for these other cities like a Detroit, even like a Minneapolis, you know, these sort of like cute, like uh, nice, (laughs) but they've been through something cities to pick up kind of where New York has left off. And I think there's going to be a cultural shift in a lot of these other towns. Now that New York, no artists can possibly live in New York. It just won't be an option. So I, I understand that makes a lot of sense that Detroit is coming up like that. It's great to hear. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, and I live in New York. So I left Detroit and moved to New York. Cause again, I was watching TRL. Like, hey, Carson Daly. Oh my God. So I have a real bone to pick with Carson Daly. I have a bone. Love uh, him. Love him. But I tried to intern because I also where did you go to college? So I went to Wayne State in Detroit. Yeah. And when I left Detroit my junior year in college, I transferred to Hunter College. Oh, it's a great school. East Side, mm-hmm. 66, hey, around there. Yeah. Right by Bloomingdale's. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the, um, not to brag, I know the subway stop. I will say that I tried to intern. That was also the reason I went to New York, was to intern for Conan, believe it or not. And this one, Conan was on NBC. And uh, I didn't even get the interview at Conan. I got the interview at Carson Daly. I thought, well, whatever. It's in 30 Rock. It's been my dream to work at NBC my whole life. Like, you know, I think you and I are actually very similar, like watching TV, growing up with that pop culture as an escape yeah. also from, you know, whatever childhood things. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember they called me to say I got the internship and I was like, and I was in Miami when that happened. And I screamed. I was like, mom and dad, I'm so, I got it. Like, I'm going to be at 30 Rock, like so excited. And the next message on the machine was, um, sorry, we called the wrong list. Our <laughs> apologies. <laughs> May I drop dead? They said, hey, can't wait to see you Monday. Make your way. Go to the 14th floor. Like, la, la, la. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, this is my moment. But it was not Carson's fault. It was the fault of a producer who worked on that show who also my mom said to me, you know what? Call back and pretend like you didn't get the second message. My mother is like smart. She's like out of her mind. I'm not like my mom. My mom is a Leo. I'm a cancer. You know, I'm like, (laughs) I have a fiery side, but I'm also very sensitive. And I called back and I was like, can't wait to see you Monday. Like so nervous because I knew. (laughs) And the woman was like, what? They called the wrong list. Didn't you get the other message? Like so rude to me. And it just left such a bad taste in my mouth. But I don't hold it against him personally. More so this bitch producer who I do hate. (laughs) What an asshole. But I did not get to work with Carson. So did you ever get to work at TRL? I'm about to gag you. Guess where I interned at? Wait, if you say last call with Carson Daly, I'm headfirst out the window. No, it's a daytime talk show. The View? 
Yes. No kidding. <laughs> what years were you? Well, you were there probably at the very beginning. Yeah, so the panelist was Meredith Vieira, Star Jones, at that time Reynolds, Star Jones Reynolds, <laughs> Joy Behar, Debbie got fired. Oh, and no. they were, they at, I, I, it was the summer of 2003, and they were auditioning Lisa Ling and Rachel from the real world. Oh, Rachel, who married that like hot Republican asshole. <gasps> yes. Rachel. Yes. So I was there doing that time. That was my internship. And girl, they paid. It was a paid internship. What? They didn't even pay me. Yes. <laughs> As host. Girl, $9 <laughs> an hour. Are you serious? By the way, yeah. I swear to God, I would take that today. That's more than that's more than today's minimum wage. They get $7.50. <laughs> Nine bucks an hour. Were they can I have a real moment with you, which may gag you? I'm not going to borrow your terminology. I, and I'm not saying this to be controversial. It's just true. Like when I grew up, I watched Phil Donahue with my mom. You know, we watched uh, Price is Right. I was a big game show girl. Like I loved game shows. I never watched The View growing up. And it, it it's funny that in a way, it almost shows you how the universe operates because I actually watched the Today Show, which now I'm working with them a bit, and it's been like the best experience, and it's everything I've wanted and more, and you know, just Yay. temporarily, but it's been fun. But I watched the Today Show, so for me, it's like with you with the View, like going in, like oh my god, I'm here, I'm in the building, like these people who I love. I got to the View, and I was like, this is an awesome thing. Obviously, Whoopi, hello, like I was dropping dead working with. Whoopi Goldberg, Legend. who's like past icon at this point. Like, I don't even know the word. Yes. <laughs> right. But I was like, okay, people used to say, oh my God, did you watch the show? I go, I watched the show when I was on the show on stage. <laughs> like I watched the show on stage when I was on it, but that was it. And that's no shade to them. It just wasn't, I don't know. My mom never watched it. And so I never watched it, you know? <laughs> It's hard to explain. So I almost feel bad that I was a host because I'm like, was it wasted on me? It wasn't. But what was your experience like working there? Were they, I'm sure they were very nice. No, listen. Oh, it was, honestly, Michelle, it was an amazing experience. The internship coordinator was, she was so sweet Uh and she allowed us to learn. She was so nice. And and I was around some badass interns, right? Like we were just like the, the best of the best. And our boss, the coordinator. Mm-hmm. So mind you, Bill Gaddy's there, Barbara Walters. It was OG, the, like, OG. The, yeah. the iconic days. And she said, you guys are so good. I'm going to ask my boss if you guys can have an, a one, not a one-on-one, but if you guys can have like a sit down with the host, the co-host, and just ask them questions for like 30 minutes. And she made it happen. So it was me plus five interns Sitting across Michelle Collins from Star, Joy, and Meredith, and we were allowed to ask them anything in the world. Again, it was the best experience That's Beyonce nice. performed that year. Wow. Um, <gasps> it was it was the best. Like, I, I can't even describe it's a it. It was, a it was a great experience. Listen, you know, I can, like, be funny about the show, but I don't take away from working on that show. Do you know what I mean? Like I am aware that it was an absolute gift, no matter what happened, that the experience and the opportunity, even as an intern or as a host is something that most people would kill for. So I don't take it for granted. If that makes sense. I'm funny about things because that's how I am, but um, it makes sense that you had a great time. And I, that Meredith Vieira, I never worked with her, but um, I've met her a couple of times and I do love Meredith. I will say she's always been unbelievably nice. Yeah. 
beyond, mm. beyond. Just so sweet and so giving. And again, it was it was a really great experience. Um, and my favorite story is the first time we all met Barbara Walters. Here we go. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I remember when I met Barbara, too. Go on. Oh, let's trade stories, girl. So it was, again, me and the interns running some errand. And Michelle, the elevator door opens. And it's Barbara Walters who descends from the elevator, darling. And we're all starstruck because it's the icon. And... She's like five foot zero. Mini, miniature museum. Right? Little. <laughs> did, did not know she was that little. And she was lost. <laughs> Funny enough, she was lost when I met her. No, that's a joke. <laughs> she was also wandering around. No, go on. <laughs> no, Michelle, she's really oh, no. And we were like, do you need help? And she said, I'm looking for Bill. And we were like, oh, it's right there. Like, he's over there. Yeah. And that that was it. <laughs> That's hilarious. She is, sometimes I meet people who are teensy tiny like that. And because I'm so, as tall as I am, it is like I'm basically meeting a baby in an incubator, you know, where I'm like, put your hands through the glove things and like touch them. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to breathe too hard and turn them into like the, do you remember the times video, like pile of sand? And with her, I felt that. And I'll tell you, I met her right after I got hired. I went to, I mean, I'm, this is a story that I will say for the book that I always threatened to write because it is like a very good story. But I will say that I met her with Raven Simone, Candace Cameron Bure, me, Barbara, and her assistant. And that was a, a lunch that we all, that I can say that I was at, which is really like one of these things kind of doesn't belong. It was me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Two child actors. Barbara, the assistant, okay, and then my big ass, and I sat there, and uh, I don't know if we clicked is what I'll say about it without getting too into detail, but I was obviously in awe. I mean, my God. Also, she's a Miami girl like myself, you know, so I grew up. She is? I believe she went to Beach High, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look that up, but I, I always felt like, oh, Barbara, you know. She's like a Jew from Miami, like me, yeah. even though we were born in different skeletal systems. I was um, excited to meet her. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> also, I want to ask, like, your life today, outside of the the um, late night show, obviously, and your podcast, mm -hmm. which uh, I do want to talk to you about called Reality with the King. It's such a good title. But what is your life like? Like, do you watch TV still? Are you still like knee deep in pop culture? Because it, it's a job unto itself watching everything. I cannot get enough of, of it. I, I, I love it so much. It's it's part of my lifestyle. I, I have to be aware of what's going on in the world. Listen, I watch their views. This is, this may sound silly, but it's my truth. Yeah, I get my politics from the view because I don't have time to watch the news channels because I'm bored half the time. But at least the view makes it interesting. So I get my politics from the view and everything else I get from social media. And, and yes, I still watch endless and hours of television. It's my favorite pastime. Yeah. Yes, I create and produce reality shows and you would think I'll get sick of it. But to me, it's sort of like homework. Um, but no, I 
I, I'm still a student of television. I, I feel that too. There are actually some shows that are my turn my brain off shows. That's how I feel about game shows actually still, because I know that I can't really recap a game show because that also is psychotic to do that. So I just, that's where I can literally turn my brain off, watch people win or lose. It's so simple. It's like, it's like caveman stuff, you know, just watching people like get a totally. Toyota. Amazing. And it's been one of my biggest um, chips on my shoulder that there are so few female game show hosts because I feel lately they've been folding some more in the mix with the primetime game shows. But I'm talking like a daily, you know, listen, I love that Wayne Brady. There's maybe nobody more talented than Wayne Brady and, mm-hmm. and nicer. I don't know. If, I'm sure you've met him. He's such a lovely guy. But Wayne and Drew, I'm like, where is the daily show with the woman? It's just I had to bring that up because I'm pissed and I no, want and I want to do it. And I want to do it. No, it's about time. It's about time yeah. and it needs to happen. No, for sure. Like, let's make a deal and price is right. Steve Harvey of Family Feud, who I think does a fantastic oh, I love job. Steve. I love watching that. Oh, I love, love him. watching that. <clears throat> but no, listen, it's time for a woman to be the face of it. Yes. And I, I, you're right. I never thought of it that way. It's just wrong. That's Steve Harvey. Have you interviewed Steve? I I would love, love him. And it's funny because he's he, so he's, he says a lot of things that I don't agree with. Like a lot of his like ideas on relationships. And I know he's mm-hmm. super religious and all these things, which amazing for him. It's not for me necessarily. I cannot help but love Steve Harvey. I don't care. You can't, I don't care what he does. I'm like, all oh, right. no, he's during the pandemic when you was going through this weird phase of like, am I working? Am I not working? Like, what am I doing? Is life about to end? What kept me going, honestly, was watching Family Feud every day. Yes. It's, it, he has a gift of pausing. You know who had that? Wendy Williams, who I also fucking love so much. What happened to Wendy? But he could pause. Wendy did that too. Wendy could pause for 10 minutes and you would stare waiting. It was like waiting for the beat to drop at like a club. You're just like, the beat's going to fucking drop. Like, it's going to drop. When is it dropping? And you were on the edge of your seat. Poor Wendy, Carlos. Do you know anything about what happened to her? I love, I literally Um, worship her. I I love uh, her. No, Girl, like one of the best female, not even female, like human, one of the best talk show hosts in the world. She had timing. She was funny. She was shady, but she also gave you a glimpse of her personal life. Um, I had her producer slash co-host Norman. Uh, I worked with Norman. Hold on a minute. Wait, Norman did your podcast? Yes, hunty. Carlos King. I, I'm going to text him right now. I'm actually fuming. <laughs> I worked with Norman at Best Week Ever. I love Norman. I've gone out yes. to dinner a hundred times with him. I have literally begged Norman. I'm like, please come on my podcast. I'm gonna, I've decided now to take it personally, and I'm going to let him know that. I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I have Carlos King on. I've been begging you. That Tell me everything. He's, I actually will say, I will say that Norman is... Probably one of the funniest people in my life oh. that I've ever met. He is. Oh, agreed. I think the reason why he doesn't like me, he loves me, but well, he doesn't like to like, I don't know, I guess work with me. <laughs> I'm like crying <laughs> is because we laugh so much together that literally when I've gone to brunch with him, I leave physically sick. I leave so tired because we don't <laughs> stop laughing. Tell me everything about Norman on the pod. I live for oh, him. Oh, he, listen, we met your mutual friend years ago. And again, listen, he's a gay black man in, in daytime and, you know, we have that in common, obviously, but he's such a good person. He's so funny. And I wanted him on my podcast just to like inspire people about his career. And yes, he mentioned 
best week ever. Uh, and that's how he got his start. He's the best. Um, but no, he talked about how, you know, the ending happened with Wendy. And, and you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you guys did not give her the, the, the finale she deserved. And he was like, look, that's above me. I'm not the, <laughs> the president of the production company. But he, he definitely gave her flowers and said... Uh-huh. That's the highlight of his career and, and, and the chemistry that he and Wendy had. And you know this, Michelle, like, you can't script that. No. And, and in my opinion, I think Wendy was stronger because at least she could look on her right side and see Norman. And she had somebody who got her. Yes. And who, who sort of gave, not permission, but who sort of gave her the energy she needed to continue being funny and messy. Because I'm sure the other producers were like, we don't get the joke, yes. but okay. No, but I, so, I, I, oh. I, I miss her dearly. He's a genius, as is she. Um, I agree. I wonder if maybe, and this is pure speculation with nothing but respect, but I wonder if... Given that I think there were obviously some health issues going on and whatever, like if they could even give her a big finale is the truth. Like, or maybe do a yeah. compilation show, I agree, would have been a nice thing. Like the best of, um, you know, farewell show would have been a nice thing. I don't know why they chose mm-hmm. not to do that. But, you know, I think it's like actually much more complicated than we know about. And so totally. it's hard, you know, uh, my favorite Norman Wendy story is I went to do the show. Obviously, he came to say hi. And I said, you know, this was after she lost a lot of weight because she really got skinny. And Wendy, like myself, was tall. I think she was around six feet. Oh, yeah. Big girl, big titties like myself. The first time I met her, she was like, do you wear heels? What size shoe are you? Like immediately asking about my feet. I was like, all right. Like a lot of foot questions. But um, I said, wow, Wendy looks amazing. Like, what is her secret? Like, what is she eating? And he went, you know, kale chips, shit like that. I went, hmm. I go on stage. She's there. She, I think she did like me. She was always very kind about me. And like one time I got her hair out of her zipper. And when I told that to Norman, he was like, she doesn't let anyone touch her hair. So actually. You saw my reaction. Yeah. She doesn't. So the fact that like she let you like get in there and do that actually is like a big moment. So I'm putting that out there. I absolutely adore her. But anyway, so I go, Wendy, you look incredible. I go, what, what's the secret? Norman said kale chips. This woman looked at me. I said, is it the kale chips? What are you doing? Like, I got to know. It is as though I descended from literally Area 51 alien ship. She was like, huh? And then the show started. And after I said, you know, Norman, I brought up the kale chips. And she looked baffled. He goes, she's not eating kale chips, you fucking idiot. Like, I was joking (laughs) with you. So the kale chips has been a running joke where I'm like, kale chips? What is it? She literally was like, what the fuck is this idiot talking about? Anyway, it wasn't the kale chips. Apparently she did um, Tabasco sauce and like nuts and would just eat things in Tabasco like all day. I know. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, because she was going through this like health kick phase. Like she was trying to be plant-based at one time. And it was it was very weird that was going on with that situation. But girl, nuts and hot sauce is a bad combination. It it is not great for the stomach lining or the esophageal lining. You're vegan though. (laughs) What does that mean? No dairy, no eggs, no meat, just all plant-based. 
all plant-based wow. for five years. How's, how has, I obviously eat everything. How has your diet <laughs> shifted or how has your body shifted, I guess, since doing it? Oh, it, you know what it does? And a lot of people think being vegan means you're going to lose all this massive weight. It's not true. Um, because listen, everything's calories and moderation. We all know that. But in terms of like just the physical energy um, and, and feeling like it, it, it has done a, a massive turnaround in my health. Like, I get a physical once a year um, and they're always like great bill of health. Wow. Thank God. But I just feel so light and, and I have so much energy. I wasn't a morning person for a long time. And honey, I get up like, let's go. Yay. <laughs> What's going on? Is your partner also <laughs> vegan? Girl, no. He eats Popeye's, okay. KFC, that is so funny. and Wendy's. Now I want to dig deep into that because... Just your impression right now of you in the morning, I thought if we were a couple, LOL, I would be like, um, absolutely not. <laughs> Keep it. I'd be like, shut up. Get out of here. I'm sleeping. So how does he, Mr. Popeyes, because I, I don't actually eat Popeyes, but like I'll fuck with some McDonald's one, maybe twice a year and I'll always have heart palpitations. But how does he react to that energy early in the morning? I'm curious. Well, it's funny. So. I, we've been together for over 10 years. So I wake up, I close the door and I let him be. Nice. And honey, I go in the living room. I cut on some GMA, some CBS this morning. I'm making my plant-based sausage, my oatmeal (laughs) with blueberries. Like I'm that person. So I am like this, like, yay. But away from him. Yeah. And then when he comes out the bedroom, maybe 45 minutes after I woke up, <laughs> good morning. I'm like, morning. You're like <laughs> hanging from the rafters like, hi. Yes. <laughs> waiting to you wake up. <laughs> is the, but he likes yes, that. He has to. Well, I, he would have to, right? 10 years. 10 years yes. is a long time. You met in LA? Or and it's been over, over 10 it's years. It's been over, it's like 17. Wow. Where did you meet? We is oh, honey. So tell me, I went home to Detroit for Christmas mm-hmm. in two thousand five, and I went to a gay bar. He's also from Michigan, and <laughs> this may sound corny, but it's true. Michelle, I saw him, and I said, <gasps> "He's my husband." Oh my god! But I love it. I'm such a girl. But I was like, he needs to come to me yeah. and, and approach me, honey. So, but we, 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 we locked eyes. Long story short, this is the best part of the story. So after we leave the club, the gay club, I'll say that. I don't know how you straights do it. But at the gay club, you leave the club and you hang out outside for like an extra 30 minutes. Just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. talking shit. I don't think we do that. But it sounds fun. <laughs> and actually, I wish we would. Because that actually, that would make me go to the club. I'm like, we're hanging out for 30. Yeah, Sh- shit talking. I'm yes. in. I'm in. Put him to quote Martin. Exactly. Put on my fucking dress and my fucking shoes. Okay, go on. <laughs> we need the postmortem. Yes. yes. So he was on his cell phone. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. Let me say something. So, girl, I'm approaching him. He's on his phone. And I said, and he's he's talking. And I was like, hi. And he goes, yes. <gasps> Hung up the phone. And I said, oh, you were, you were pretending to be on the phone. You wanted me to approach you. And we've hit it off ever since then. Yeah. And he moved with you to L.A., obviously. Yeah. So uh-huh. we... 
yes, he moved in. Ugh, that's romantic and nice. Baby soon. Uh, do you need a surrogate? Because I've got like two months left <laughs> before before the shop closes. So if you need one, Honey. you let me know. <laughs> You want one from an early forties, <laughs> wide hipped, you know, those hips. I'm the fact that this body hasn't had kids is a waste of these bones because honestly, like it would just fall out. Like I, there's no, the, the body was made for it. The Amish, I could never go to Dutch country. Like to what do they, what do they call it? <laughs> they would literally see me and be like, Whoa, I'd be, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying to you. I swear to God. Um, I love it. We, I have a whole packet about you here. We did a whole thing of research for you and uh, the Nightcap with Carlos King, which is your late night show. Everybody should watch it on own every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, how soon do you record it the same week, I'm assuming? Is it live? No. Yeah, it's not live. No. We, we tape it um, days in advance. Yeah. And um, it's just been so fun because it's it's funny. It's silly. It's goofy. It's nothing serious. Listen, if you're going to stay home on a Saturday at 10 o'clock, I want you to have a party with me. I love so we that. have a DJ, yes. you know, my guests, they drink and it's just a good time. And it's 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 the it's the one thing, like I said to you before, that I've always wanted um, as a kid. So to have it come true is, is a huge blessing. No. And by the way, I always say Saturday night other than the obvious SNL, there's never shit on TV. I'm like, not everybody's out at the postmortem at the club. Like, can you put some <laughs> shit on the damn TV so I can watch that? Like, they need, I'm so happy that they have you on Saturday night because really there is such a, uh, is dearth the word I'm looking for? There is just like nothing. So that is- Yeah, it's a void. There's it's nothing a void. On. That's the right word. Um, and are you a Bravo guy? I know you are. Yeah, so obviously my background is producing The Real Housewives of Atlanta Oof, for eight seasons. Amazing. Are you and watching all this stuff? Jersey, go on. Yeah, I, I, I produced New Jersey for the first two seasons. But no, <gasps> I am still a Bravo fan. I watch all the Housewives. I'm not into Dubai. I just, girl, I just can't. I know. I, I, I gave up, I too. I think oh, they know. You know, I would be almost careful saying it because... Obviously, like, love Andy, love Bravo. It's my bread and butter, yes. basically. But I think they know. I don't think it's bad. Like, I, ju- I couldn't stick with it. Now, on the opposite... But tell me yeah. why. From, I, I want to hear from you. I, I have my reasons, but I would love to hear yours. You know what's funny? It's very hard for me in... And actually, I felt this a little with Miami, too, funny enough, though not always. When I do feel like it's so scripted and, like, the women are aware of the cameras and they're aware of the role that they're playing on a housewife season, it's hard. I can't do it. Because I'm like, can't you just be natural? Like, please. The old girls get it. The old girls, say what you will about them. And I know people hate Vicky, and I get it. But when you watch Vicky on Ultimate Girls Trip, she's Vicky. That bitch is Vicky. Ultimate Girls Trip. It's so good. I want Vicky back. Ultimate Girls Trip <laughs> is the best franchise ever. It's the best. Um, I want 20 more episodes of it. I, I love Vicky. Dorinda crazy ass. But I love it. It was it was super juicy. But no, with, with Dubai, it's this. I listen, you took the words out of my yeah. mouth. So I'm happy to to report that you and I we're separated at birth. That's correct. Because we have the same brain. I, I could not agree with you more. It's cringe. You know, it's like the whole thing. I mean, I'll be honest. For me, my issue with reality lately on most of these shows, including The Bachelor. I mean, I don't want to like literally prevent myself from ever working again. But a lot of these shows <laughs> that have been on the air for 20 years, everyone who goes on it knows the fucking drill. You know, and 
It's interesting because I actually recently, I also watched Big Brother and on my serious show, I was saying, oh, there's so many twists, so many twists. But I'm actually realizing now as I'm talking, you need the twists because otherwise people are going to go in too comfortable and you need to kind of have them. You have to. So I support the twists. This, you just, oh, I just realized something here. I support them. There you go. There you go. Are you watching Big Brother or is that not for you? No. So what's funny is I started watching Celebrity Big Brother. Because I'm a pop culture fiend. Um, and my boyfriend is his favorite show. He loves Big Brother. For years, he would say, watch Big Brother with me. I'm like, I can't. Then Celebrity came on. I was like, oh, this shit is good. But for some reason, <laughs> I have to like dedicate to the regular version. Yes. But I haven't yet. You know, I think you should. And I... I would not steer you wrong because I also like Survivor is arguably my favorite reality show of all Mm -hmm. time. I don't know if you watch Survivor. There is. And I think actually now that we're I'm having like I'm in like a a Yale class about reality TV. You can't be phony on Survivor, even though the whole concept is like fake out, fake out your players or whatever. But they're literally so fucking hungry. I don't think they have the energy to be phony. Like it (laughs) takes energy to put that act on. They can't. No, and this is the thing. The the difference between a survivor and like a real housewife, for example, is you know you're one and done after the your season. Yeah. Like there's no like multiple seasons. And I think to your point is these newer reality, I'm sorry, these reality stars who come on these shows that are already established, they're fighting so hard to be a mainstay, to not get fired, to become relevant, to trend on Twitter. That is not real. Where a survivor, like you said, it's like, bitch, I'm trying to eat, survive and get this money. Yes. Like when you're being like bitten by every encephalitis laden bug within like 800 miles of Fiji. I don't think they give a fuck if they're trending, you know, but I agree. Now here's another question. And I'm curious. I like these tests that we give each other to see if like we're the same or not. Here's one. Okay. Erica Jane hit me thoughts on her. I'm not going to tell you where I fall yet. Okay. No, I'm listen, honey. I'm very honest. <sighs> I like Erica Jane. Um, I thought last season was the best season of hers ever in life. I love when she told Sutton, Miss Small Town, you shut up. Like, I I think she's hilarious. Wow. I think I think she's super funny. Now, look, this season, when she told Garcelle Child to shut the fuck up, I was pissed, I was angry, and I read her for filth on my podcast because when you're right, you're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. But overall, I would say I find her super entertaining And I think it's interesting that she kind of just is now in this space, Michelle, where she's like, you motherfuckers hate me. I don't give a fuck. Mm. I'm going to continue being me. And I love a woman who acts like that. Now, Carlos, this this is where the roads unfortunately fork. I hate to tell you. Because on in the same vein of things, he's like, I could watch you laugh all day, by the way. Like, you make me want to fucking laugh. Anyway, in the same vein as these Dubai girls putting on a show, nobody is putting on a phonier show than Erica Jane, to me. I find her unbearable. And it's none, like, never more so than this season. And I was already, like, not on her train. I liked her back when she like yelled before the Tom stuff happened. Right. When she like said like, don't talk about my son like that. Erica made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. Once everything happened, 
the lack of, uh, I don't even empathy. know. Empathy. Exactly. And you know what I said recently? Like, yeah, maybe she didn't know, which I don't buy, but like maybe she didn't know about how this money was procured, but she still benefited from all of that money. And to not have any or release any sort of like, I'm sorry, which I know she probably for legal reasons can't do, but I just, it irks the shit out of me. And then to still make the choice to bring your fucking glam squad with you when you know that everyone is watching you like through the magnifying glass, like what is this bitch going to wear? Like what, how is her hair going to look? But this new Erica Jane that's trying to be like a funny drunk. Listen, Dorinda does that shit naturally. That's Dorinda. Okay. For sure. That's not Erica. I find it super phony and it just, I mean, Beverly Hills, I think is struggling this season. We can all agree. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. not its best season. Um, Agreed. Diana unbearable. uh, Bye. Bye. Even Sutton's thin lips. When she puts that little red, when Sun puts a lot of makeup on, I'm like, is this the new Annabelle sequel? Like, what is happening? <laughs> She's like haunted ventriloquist dummy. I'm like, I don't go in the attic when Sutton's on. I won't do it. Don't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she frightens me. I'm just like, I don't know what that show needs. Please, I'm going to kill you. I don't know what that show needs to like connect with me again. But at the moment, I'm struggling a little bit is what I'll say. But. Potomac. I agree with you yes. about this is not their best season. No. I, I think I, I would love to know your opinion. Last season to me was fantastic. It was it was good. Yes, with Crystal and and I like Crystal actually. I agree that last season was really phenomenal. It's hard to and almost follow the, up. Yeah. Yeah, well that's the thing. Listen, n- to me, nothing beats Denise fucking Richards season. That whole Bravo, Bravo, Beyond. fucking Bravo. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Michelle, iconic season. It was, it was perfect. It was beyond. And you know what? I also give Brandy a lot of shit, but I'll say this. She is very fun to watch. Like, I don't ever want to know her. You know what I mean? But I really appreciate the mess she brings because it's like dumb slut mess, you know? And that's a nice It really mess. is. It is, and she owns it. I mean, honey, the fact that she wore the same dress um, when she woke up and, and put a robe over it, like, she's, and, and I mean this with love, she's super trashy, yeah. but she owns it. Like, the the, the weave clippings the weave. Shelf, exposed. I can't with the weave. The, I can't. The tracks. The tracks. There were like people tied to those tracks. That's how bad it was. Like there were, the tracks were so horrendous. She's another reanimated doll, but like in a different section of the store, you know, like not the like ventriloquist section, like Sutton, it's a whole other. No, she's somewhere where it's clearance is 50% off. One eyelid's down all the time. The eyelid won't ever go up. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, It's good. I'm waiting for my girls. Well, I saw the the photo of Ultimate Girls Trip 3, which has Giselle. Now, I stand Giselle. Like, I... Oh, my God. Me and you are the only ones who love I, Isn't it crazy how people don't like her? By the way, pure jealousy. She is funny as shit. I also love Robin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love those girls. They make me laugh. Same. They're stunningly beautiful. I don't care how they dress. I find it kind of fun. Like, I like that they're kind of bad dressers. It makes me laugh. Um, I... <laughs> they make me feel whole. I'm like, these are my people. Giselle and Robin are yes. my people. I, I, 
I love them. I did their podcast <gasps> last week. I'm jealous. And I had the best time. I'm a huge fan of Potomac. I think Giselle is one of the greatest housewives ever. Period. She gets it. Uh-huh. She knows how to make shit happen. And she doesn't give a fuck. To me, the best reality stars are like, I don't care what you people on Twitter think about me. Watch the show so I can get paid. Period. Done. Full stop. I also love that Karen. I mean, listen, all of them. I know Candace is Same. coming. Karen's so fucking funny. I'm sorry. They're, these ladies just know they're themselves. And you know what it is? They're smart. And I think that maybe what Beverly Hills needs, we just need some intelligence and some humor, but some real, you know, when I watch Potomac chat, and this was back in the Monique days and every, I loved Monique too. I know that really broke my heart. What happened to her? Oh my God. Yeah. But like, I always felt safe, like, oh, it's going to be funny and smart. <laughs> Phew. You yeah, know? Same. Done. Like, oh, yeah, thank God. I think, I think you're right in terms of Beverly Hills because they don't have, like, that funny sort of, like, sense of humor. No. You know, you you you, you want to you see some of that. Um, so, no, that's a good point. Carlos King, I just feel like, where have you been on my life, I guess, is maybe the name of the episode? Because, like, that's how I feel. How has it taken me this many years to meet you and fall in love? Like, everything about Aww. you, everything about you makes me happy. I really mean that. You're just so lovely, and I'm so thrilled about all Thanks, your success, Michelle. genuinely. it's It makes me feel, actually, like, even though this industry can be quite toxic, it's wonderful to see people who are actually, like, talented, lovely, Smart, funny, all of it, good looking, relaxed, good looking. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, get what they deserve. And in your case, you Thank have you. this incredible late night show. So everyone needs to watch it. Stay home Saturday. I promise you nothing's going on. I've been out Saturday night. You're not missing anything. Um, no way. <laughs> it's the Nightcap with Carlos King. It's Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern time on OWN. And also your podcast, Reality with the King. P.S. Invite me on your podcast, please. Like what? Absolutely. I want to do it. I, I like never, I don't want honey, this to end. It, we're making it happen. Say less. Honey, I'm the booker, the host, everything. Wait, I got you. Do we host a show together called Say Less? Because there is something funny <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's every, or, or go on tour together. Wait a second, Carlos. Every episode, every show is nine hours long. People are like, say less. They're screaming it from the audience. <laughs> Please, we beg you, say fucking less. Um, and follow Carlos on Twitter and Instagram, at the Carlos King. You've literally made my day. I'm telling you, this was oh, such a pleasure, you. and I'm so thrilled for you. I had fun. Aww. No, listen, like I said, I've been watching you forever. Love you. And it was an honor that you guys asked me to do this. Okay. I, I, of course, was like, let's fucking do it. And it's everything I wanted to be. When you're in New York yes. and when I go to New York, we got to have a kiki with Norman <gasps> and I need to be able to have you give me a tour, honey, of Europe. Oh, uh, well, you're coming to Europe. So, OK, that's done. Yeah. And if Norman's willing there to see me again, I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's willing to, I don't know, talk to me. That would be wonderful. Um, Carlos King, thank you so much. Guys, thank you for listening. It's Midnight Snack. If you love the show, I always say, in fact, I never say it, but I'm going to say it. Tell people, tell people, share it. Tell people to subscribe if you laugh listening to it or whatever it is. And also, if you haven't left us a review, uh, leave one if you like the show. I would say if you don't like the show, like, don't. You know, it's that simple. Right, Carlos? Anyway, simple. simple. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. 
Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at midnightsnack at earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, Go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.